guess what, guys? There is only one place you can get a true Colorado mountain pie. It's your favorite, locally owned, legendary, unbelievably delicious pizza joint, Bojo's. The Colorado mountain pie has become a staple for not only natives, but for those who are just passing through and want to know where the best pizza in town is. Bojo's is the only answer. Bojo's dough is made fresh daily and contains locally sourced honey. You heard that right. They infuse their dough with natural sweetener, and it is to die for. There's something for everyone at Bojo's. Large, delicious mountain pies for the entire family, a huge salad bar with fresh veggies galore, Colorado beer on tap, including our personal favorite, Breck Brews, and your personal favorite sports teams playing in the background. Bojo's has private party rooms for all your holiday get-togethers or to celebrate birthdays and other large events. They have $4 happy hours in select locations along with gluten-free and plant-based options as well. There is nothing more important to Bojo's than their community, which is why they are always happy to help you raise money for your fundraising causes. Host your next fundraising event at any of their five front-range locations. They are also offering their holiday se- this holiday season a special pint glass koozies that make great stocking stuffers and come with a $5 gift card. Check those out at their site today at bojos.com. That's bojos.com and tell them DNVR Rams sent you. Off the high screen, Dorian kicked to the corner, Feirano for three. It's good with the foul! And back to throw is the quarterback and Hayward is sacked by Joey Porter. Takes it in, scores. J.D. Page. Boy, Stevens lets it go, and there's your touchdown. Michael Gallup. Got it down low. Hornung. Dunk. And here come the students. Leading by 10. Here's Van Pelt. He's at the five. Touchdown, Colorado State. Great game today by our guys. Um, really good atmosphere in Moby. It was fun to see the crowd uh, get behind it. It's awesome for these guys when you walk out and you see the the student section packed and uh, the stands and all that orange. I thought that was fun. And um, I thought our guys showed a lot of poise. You know, even though we were down early, I, I didn't feel like we were playing that poorly. Uh, we were getting to the free throw line. We just didn't, you know, get a couple of really good looks to fall and we just need to stay with it. And, you know, we ended up calling that timeout uh, right about the four minute media there in the half and bang, we came out and made two shots and made a huge run, ended on a 16 to three run. And we just never really looked back from there. And so really great all around performance by our guys. What's up, y'all? We are back with another edition of the DNVR Rams podcast presented by Bojo's Pizza. As always, I'm your host, Justin Michael. Excited to keep talking about CSU men's basketball. This team's just something else, guys. They really are. Six straight at Moby, seven of eight overall. Uh, really just rolling right now. And 
and playing quality basketball. They beat a pair of, of really quality teams this week with UNLV and Nevada. And I just, you know, I, I, I knew coming into this season that this team would outperform expectations. You know, I wrote uh, in my preseason projection that there was no way they would finish ninth. I actually took them to finish sixth uh, based on how this season has played out. Obviously, I, I even I underestimated the Rams and, you know, pretty I pretty much was higher on them than than anyone else around the league so just to see what this young team has been able to accomplish in in such a short time it's it's really quite extraordinary so we're going to talk about that UNLV game uh, in depth on this podcast pretty much just going to dedicate the entire podcast to that I will give you uh, a few Super Bowl thoughts at the very end it's Super Bowl Sunday I'm going to get this out so that you guys can listen to the pod hopefully uh, before the Super Bowl but it will still be relevant to you if not, because, you know, most of this is just going to be talking hoops anyways. Uh, so let's just kind of jump right into it with some general thoughts here. I've got a few notes jotted down just that I took during the game. That's what I'm going to start with. Later, we'll kind of talk about the context of what this week meant, why it was uh, so important to get these victories. We'll play you some uh, some audio from Nico Medved, get you a couple different clips from him post game. So yeah, just a, just a fun podcast all around. I'm I'm really lucky, guys. I really am. I just, I love college basketball so much. I actually, you know, I grew up being more of a college football fan than a college basketball guy. That just has to do with my father, who is a diehard college football fan. Definitely a college hoops guy, too, but just not to the to the same extent. So, you know, I was more obsessed with college football when I first got to CSU. I worked for the football team. Obviously, I've talked about that uh, plenty of times in the past. So, you know, there was a, a point in my life where I really thought I was going to dedicate, you know, the, the majority of my life, at least to college football. That was kind of the career path that I was considering doing before I broke into, uh, into journalism and media and whatnot. So just the fact that I've gotten to really experience college basketball and all its glory, uh, up close and personal over the last uh, four and a half, five years since I've been covering the team and then even before that as a fan it's just been a blast really I'd say like the last decade or so I've been super into college hoops when I was in high school is kind of when I really really got into it I was a a Kansas fan really by association that's where most of my family lives that's who most of my family roots for Uh, but my dad obviously went to CSU so when CSU made those tournament runs I was in high school and I just fell in love with the excitement of it all, Moby Madness, the entire thing. The the 2013 Orange Out versus San Diego State, that was the second semester of my senior year. And I just remember, you know, coming up and, and being just so just in awe of the, of the atmosphere and the energy. I went to a high school where I wouldn't say school spirit lacked. It's just that athletics were not super successful during my time there and so you know the crowds weren't that intense it wasn't that big of a deal you know going to the games was not something that was you know part of our our regular weekly experience and so I was so excited to go to CSU because I saw these Moby crowds and I'm like oh man like we get tickets for free we get to go to this this is gonna be amazing Rams ended up going 500 my freshman year being a pretty average and then 
just everything that happened during the Eustace era really alienated much of the fan base. And so to just kind of see this atmosphere, I know it was only like, it was the announced attendance was 5,057. So still room for 3,000 plus more. So, you know, there's, there's plenty of room, but it's just encouraging to see the, to see the fans buying in because it's been a while, you know, there were, there were a game or two over the last couple of years where the fans would show up anytime CU comes to town, obviously. And then even a couple of the bigger league games last year, Utah state drew a decent crowd. Uh, Wyoming, I think was okay too. It just, it kind of depends, but definitely nothing like what we saw, you know, during this UNLV game, it was just, it was rocking. It, it was, people were into it from, from the start. I was kind of skeptical at tip off. You know, I was kind of annoyed if we're being honest, I looked up and I saw a lot of the, a lot of the top section was still empty. So it, it turned out that people just filed in late, which is fine. They, they showed up. That's all that matters, but get to Moby guys, get to Moby. That's, that's my first thought, my long winded thought of, of just how good it was to finally see this place have an atmosphere again because when Moby is rocking it's it's one of the best atmospheres in the Mountain West for sure and you know I'd argue even of all like the G5 programs it's just definitely up there because it traps sound so well I mean you guys hear it even with like 3,500 it can get pretty loud if every everybody's into it so with 8,000 people I mean man that place could just be electric I don't think, I think I've maybe covered only two or three sellouts in the entire time. I'm not, I don't even think they were technically sellouts, but like close to it uh, during the time that I've been around. So I just, I don't know. I'd like to see one, hopefully for Utah State coming up in a couple of weeks. We'll, uh, we'll just, not quite a couple of weeks, more like 10 days, but anyways, definitely, definitely a fun atmosphere. Let's kind of jump into... Just some general game thoughts here. There really was no pace at the beginning. This was a game that was uh, really dominated by the officials, at least to start. They called a ton of fouls. I mean, every ticky-tacky thing this entire game. You know, I get it. Like, fouls are fouls, but sometimes you got to let them play a little bit. And for the first, you know, five or six minutes, there was just absolutely no flow to this game. And it really messed with CSU's offense, I thought. Isaiah Stevens forced some things early. He even admitted that post game. I kind of asked him about it. I just kind of asked about the turnovers and wanted to see what he would say. And he immediately was like, "Yeah, I, w- I was just trying to do a little too bit, a little bit too much." They always tell me to come out aggressive, but I was just trying to make plays that weren't there. And we saw him get in the flow of things, obviously later, and just ended up having a phenomenal game. You really can't say enough positive things about this dude. You know, coming off of the game in which he hit the game winner against Nevada, comes out, forces a few things early, commits a couple of turnovers, but from there was just tremendous. I mean, 21 points game high, uh, 7 of 8 from the field overall, 5 of 5 from the three-point line, hit both of his free throws, had 5 rebounds, 5 assists, just a great, great all-around game. Was plus 22, second best on the team. Uh, Nico Carvacho was plus 25. We're going to talk about him. Uh, really liking what I'm seeing out of Nico. We're going to talk about that uh, in a little bit here. But Stevens, man, I mean, what can you say about this dude? He he played at a 
a really high level in high school. So I guess it shouldn't be shocking that the that the atmosphere and that the moment have never been, you know, too large for him to handle. But I just it's so rare for freshmen to play at this level and and to produce the way he's producing. And it's it's just so impressive, man. His decision making. I mean, I compared him to Sam Merrill before they played Utah State, and I really think it's accurate. I really think he has the ability to be that type of player, but really even better because he's a significantly better athlete than Sam Merrill is. You know, Merrill is don't get me wrong, he's he's incredible. I love his effort. He's one of my favorite players in the league, but he doesn't move uh, all that well. Could probably benefit to lose a couple of pounds, if we're being honest. Uh, but he plays very physical, very crafty, and he's deceptively shifty. So while he may not be the fastest dude in the world, he can you know go laterally and has great ball control. But just just another amazing day from Isaiah Stevens. <laughs> That's really the only way to put it. I'm, I'm not gonna go on for too long. Use too many adjectives here, but he's just a he's just a stud. That's really the only way to put it. Uh, the bench, the bench was really, really solid. Got 27 points from the, from the reserves after only getting eight against Nevada. I mean, that was one of the big keys I talked about going into this game. You needed the other guys to score, you know, whether it was Martin or Hyron or Tanja and Thomas, they needed some guys to step up. Really. They all played well in certain things. I thought Martin and and Hyron were very impactful on defense. Another couple of steals for Edwards. Uh, Nico Carvacho actually complimented both of those guys for just you know accepting that role off the bench and and being willing to just be team guys, knowing that it's the younger dudes that are going to get the glory, but they need you to win. And they definitely showed up. I know uh, it's easy to to go on about Stevens and Roddy, but Tanjay and Thomas both played really important minutes they really did uh Tanjay I said I I wanted him to get more minutes he only got four minutes in that Nevada game and part of it was just the way the game was going they they needed some defensive stops and like I've said he needs to to improve on the defensive end a little bit but I thought in his uh in his time on the floor against UNLV he was actually pretty solid defensively played 11 minutes which is really I'd like to see him get that at least every game I was three of three from the field, hit a big time three, had a monster dunk, seven total points. Uh, Thomas played 15 and a half minutes, three of three from the field as well, picked up four rebounds, uh, really just solid. And they needed him to come in and and make an effort with with Nico Carvacho kind of in foul trouble there in the second half. And he really stepped up. I mean, they trust Thomas to play down the stretch and I think him and Tanjay both are going to be steals for this program down the line. They they weren't the guys that were quite as highly touted as you know as some of the as the other guys Roddy and and Stevens in particular, but they've just been they've just been solid off the bench and I really think we've seen them take huge steps in league play and and I'm really excited to see the future. And, you know, the thing about it is they're they're just good dudes. I enjoy chatting with them. You know, I go down there and warm ups, be on the court before the game and just kind of shooting the breeze with them. And they're always cool. You know, they always acknowledge you, dap you up, the whole, the whole deal. They're just, they're humble. They're a humble group. They're a talented group. And I'm very, very excited to see 
the core of this roster get multiple seasons together. I mean, to see what they're doing now is impressive, obviously, but think about what this team can accomplish two years from now. Think about when Adam and Kendall are seniors and David and Isaiah are juniors and, and, and Roddy and, and oh, I'm just, it's, it's so exciting. This is going to be a good group for multiple years. And I, I really will be shocked if they don't end up playing and at least one, if not multiple, NCAA tournaments. I really think we're going to talk about later. There's an outside chance you could maybe make a make a conversation for, a, for an at-large bid, depending on what happens down the stretch. But at some point, this group will be playing in a tournament. I, I pretty much guarantee that. Uh, let's talk a little bit about the transition game before we talk Nico. CSU did a really good job of, of taking advantage in transition, especially in the second half when the game opened up a little bit. It was a point of emphasis from the staff going in. You knew that UNLV wanted to, to run the full court press when they could. You know they were going to play you know, aggressive man defense. They want to make you make quick decisions, and, and kudos to CSU. They did a great job of reacting. We actually saw them break multiple presses and, and get easy fast break layups. That's what you got to do. I mean, they had 20 fast break points. They had um, 15 points off turnovers, 42 points in the paint, 27 points from the bench. Like I said, these are the little things that help you win games. I mean, everyone talks about, you know, you see the three-point shooting and stuff like that, highlight plays, dunks, all that. But it's the gritty stuff. It's it's winning the battle in the paint. It's rebounding. CSU did a great job of out-rebounding a team that is one of the better rebounding groups in the country, and, and I think that's going to actually be a big deal in these next couple of games as well. We're seeing CSU start to handle teams with length a little bit better. I, I talked with that about that with Dave Thorson actually before the game, and part of it is just you know comfort and, and knowing where to be on the floor, but I think also it's just confidence. You know, th- this group doesn't feel like there's anybody that should be punking them because they know. They're damn talented, and they know they can compete with anyone because they've done it on the biggest stages time and time again. So I'm, I'm just so excited about this program. I'm going to talk uh, Nico Carvacho briefly, but going to take just a quick second here to acknowledge our partners over at Brick. All right, folks, it's Super Bowl Sunday. It's time to crack open a cold one, relax, hang out with some friends, eat some snacks, and obviously put down i don't know five or six beers and it's it's the the only real choice at this point is am i gonna go with a variety of breckenridge brews or am i just gonna single one out and pound that one at this point i'm thinking i'm gonna go with a variety because i want a little bit of colorado core a little bit of avalanche ale but man you just can't go wrong they are the superior local beer Shout out to Breckenridge. We have so much love for those guys. Pick them up wherever you find beer. The grocery store, the liquor store, Costco, King Supers. You know where to do it. You know how to find it. Breckenridge Brewery. Alrighty, I wanted to acknowledge Nico Carvacho, and we're actually going to end the podcast uh, with some audio from Nico Medved, and, and he really just had a ton of praise for for Nico and, and everything that he's done. Uh, but I just wanted to point out, he has been excellent these last four games. And, you know, all season he's been a great re- rebounder. He's been 
as solid defensively, I think, as he's ever been. That's really, uh, really going to help his status as far as uh, the professional evaluations go. He's been a much, much more consistent defender down low. Has always had a knack for finding the ball off the glass, obviously, but I think we take for granted just how impressive of a rebounder Nico is and and what he has been doing these last couple of years. I know that rebounding is is not necessarily the sexiest aspect of the game, but boy, let me tell you, if you can't rebound, you can't win. And to do what he has done to be as consistent as he has been, it's just a testament to his work ethic, especially, you know, during those down years. And, and part of it, I know, is that they just didn't have anyone else. So some of those numbers, you know, he had some 20-plus rebound games because it's just like, it's you or nothing. And this year, his numbers aren't quite as high because you got Roddy. You have guards that are coming in and contributing. It's more of a team effort. You have DT playing uh, consistent minutes. But you just you should not take for granted what Nico has meant to this program Obviously, what he has done as a rebounder, just just tremendous, and he's going to go down as one of the greatest rebounders in the history of college basketball. He's already the greatest rebounder in the history of the Mountain West, in my opinion. I mean, I know there have been some great big men, but just to do what he has done for the, for the length, for the amount of time, just so, so impressive. And, and don't forget, he is the one guy. He is the one guy that's stuck with this program. Nico had power five offers. He could have gone, could have gone to Vanderbilt, could have gone to Ole Miss, could have gone somewhere closer to home where his parents had the opportunity to watch him play more. But Nico valued being a Colorado State Ram. Nico valued being, you know, the face of the franchise, if you will. I know that's not really a, a slogan that we use in college sports, but that's what he has been. He has been a staple of the CSU basketball program over these last couple of years. And... I just hope that fans give him, you know, the proper respect and appreciation over these final games. Show up, cheer for him. Has he has he been great at the free throw line? No, he hasn't. But it happens. And you want to know what? He's looked a lot more comfortable these last couple of games. I know he still missed five yesterday. But his stroke was it was good. He he had fine form. He didn't look nervous. That was the thing. There was a stretch, you know. I'd say about a month ago where you, you could see it in his face. And honestly, it pained me to see it. It, it. it pained me to see him clearly so so uncomfortable up there because I know he has the ability and he knows he has the ability. But it's hard to knock down free throws, especially when you get in your own head about it. So I just want to see him get to a point where if he misses it, if he misses one, screw it. Move on to the next one. It happens. Because guess what? That's how this game works. Yes. You would like to see him be more consistent there, especially, you know, in the Mountain West tournament. Uh, if it comes down to it, if I'm a team and it's a tight game, I may be trying the hack-a-shack mentality with Nico. Maybe I'm going to try and put him at the line and see if he can, you know, answer the bell. But I do think he's looking more comfortable, and I just I want people to to recognize just how important he is to this team, what he has meant to this community over the last couple of years, uh, his his leadership that he's provided for these young players that's really uh, what Nico talk, Nico Medved talked a lot about yesterday. So I just I have a lot of admiration for Nico Carvacho. I have a lot of respect for him. It would have been very easy to abandon CSU 
after everything that had happened. And let me tell you, he wouldn't have owed CSU a damn thing because what Larry, what Larry put these guys through was ridiculous, flat out ridiculous. And, uh, I just, I just have a, a lot of respect for him and, and sticking it out and being that, that positive impact for these young players, being the role model. He's a great dude. He's going to go down as one of the, the greats in CSU basketball history. I, I don't really even think that's that debatable. Uh, so just appreciate him. Show him love. Show up for these last couple of games. Cheer on for him. Head up to Laramie. Go to the Wyoming game. Cheer him on there. Cheer on this whole team. They're just they're a team we're supporting. I mean, if you haven't got that by now, I don't really know what else you need to see. They they're talented. They never give in. I just I love this group. I love covering them. I've had so much fun. And I'm really excited for this next month. I, I really am. I think they're capable of making a run. I think they're capable of of accomplishing something special, maybe even before I thought it was possible coming in at least. But it's it's just a lot of fun to see Moby Madness back. That's that's really what I keep coming back to. I've I've just missed it, man. It's it's hard to to fabricate excitement. And when you cover a team for a living like I do, especially uh, from our perspective, which is more to kind of like highlight sports, I'm obviously uh, still a journalist and I still very much value journalism and what it means. And I'm, I'm never going to not tell the truth, but it's, it's a little bit different in this new role that I have. We're obviously highlighting uh, the teams a little bit more than what I was used to when I was more of like a traditional print journalist, but it's, it's just been so much fun to see this group. And that's, if, if you haven't, if you haven't been going, I don't know what else you need to see, but get your butt in Moby. Got a huge game against Utah state coming up. Don't want to undersell uh, the Fresno state game in between as I've put on Twitter a couple of different times there. They're a lot better than they showed in that game against Moby. And Nico Medved talked about it yesterday. He's like, you can't go into this game with the mindset. Well, this is what happened a couple of weeks ago, or this is what we did this week and, and expect that it's going to translate because it's not, it's going to be a completely different set of circumstances. You're going to have a Fresno state team. That's confident. They're coming off of a win over New Mexico a game in which they trailed by 17 and came all the way back. So they play hard. They're they're great athletes. I think if you're talking about raw athleticism, one through five, they're a more athletic team than CSU is. They crash the glass a lot. They're a great rebounding team, much like Utah State, uh, much like UNLV. So that is going to be a factor in this game on the road. I don't think it's going to be a super intense environment. Unfortunately, the the Bulldogs fans have not really been turning out this year. But it's not like it'll be empty either. There'll be a couple of thousand fans there, and it's it's going to be a prove it game for CSU. You you stepped up on the at home this week. You needed to win. This was one of the more, this was the most important week for CSU basketball in at least two years, probably longer than that if we're being honest. They stepped up, but now you got to continue to step up. There's a lot of basketball still to be played. If you you know drop the ball here and, and you lose at Fresno State. Then you got to come back again for a really tough game against Utah State. I don't know if I want to go into that game after a loss, especially because you know, you know the Aggies are going to be a tough draw. Can CSU beat Utah State? Absolutely. We saw them go toe to toe with them for about thirty-four ish minutes of action in that that last game, and that was in Logan, one of the tougher places to play in the entire country. Look, I I, I won't lie to you guys. The odds of CSU making the NCAA tournament this year, not very good. Even if they win out minus San Diego State, I, 
you you could beat San Diego State on the road. You never know, but I, I really expect San Diego State to run the table at this point. Even if CSC wins out, otherwise they'd have a fairly strong resume, but they wouldn't have really any quarter one wins because uh, if they beat Utah State, that's probably going to drop to a quarter two win. It's it's possible depending on what happens with some of the other you know, programs on the verge. But I think even so, you'd still probably at the very minimum have to make the the championship game in Vegas. Ultimately, your best bet at making, you know, the big dance is going to come down to winning in Vegas. Uh, but we know it's it's hard to win three games in three days, uh, four depending on where you finish in the seating. I really don't. I expect CSU to finish in the top five. Uh, but ideally, you want to finish in the top three. You want to avoid that four or five game in, in some regards, depending on how it plays out, if you end up as the six, you have to play the extra uh, the day. Uh, you have to play an extra game. But that 4-5 matchup can be kind of brutal. So I don't know. I'd, 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 I would still rather be the 4-5 because you, you get to play one last game in the end, and that's a huge factor. But seeding is really going to be important. As it currently stands, CSU... And Boise State tied for second. Boise would hold the the tiebreaker, and CSU won't play Boise State again. But there's obviously still a ton of games to be played, so we'll see how this whole thing shakes up. But, man, this this Rams team, they're on fire. They're playing great basketball. Uh, I'm really excited to see what's going to happen. I'm going to leave you here with some some Nico Medved audio, just talking about Nico Carvacho and what he has meant to this team this year, because I really want to drill that point home how important nico has been for this group uh but yeah hope everyone has a fun super bowl sunday i'm rooting for the niners i got a bunch of family in kansas city but gotta go for the niners gotta go with the broncos connections it's just way i'm gotta pull for weston richburg go niners here is that medved audio talking about nico carvacho hope everyone has a fantastic super bowl sunday word peace out and i want to make a point too i want to talk about nico here for a second and and you know what's interesting um i've gotten some questions well you know nico he hasn't been scoring as much for you guys this year and you know what what's going on i mean guys he's leading the mountain west and rebounding again people just take that for granted like it's nothing i mean the kids leading the mountain west and rebound he's playing the best defense he's ever played in his career uh, um he's being an anchor for us his leadership in the locker room um, off the court has been absolutely phenomenal for him to welcome these guys and embrace the fact that hey we've got a different supporting cast we've got so many other guys who can help us and what's really happened to him it's not that scoring it's just we don't have to rely on him as much because we got other guys who put the ball in the basket and no one's happier than him. And he was a force tonight. I mean, when he went, you know, to the bench, he got in foul trouble, but I think the way he's been playing here the last three or four games has been just awesome. Scummy like Martin Scarelli Turn jam into jelly Then drink it like juice But water's the truth So I sip on that too Skinny looking kid With no car keys Like the only thing I drive Is RCRV He's got the stash Like Steve Harvey Oh I'm gnarly